Descartes' discourse on the method acknowledges that philosophical works are best undertaken by one individual, then constructed in addition to another, as, quote, the gradually accumulated opinions of many different individuals do not approach so near the truth, end quote. And so, in direct conflict with Descartes' wishes, I intend to build upon his understanding of sensory experience in order to theorise how we can understand both emotional pain and the phenomenon of depression. Beginning with Descartes' Meditations on Pain, interrogating a Cartesian discourse. Descartes' understanding of pain is grounded in the foundational concept that the mind, or soul, he uses these terms interchangeably, is an immortal substance constructed by the perfect being that is God. This mental substance exists independently of, but is inextricably linked to, the body, whose interactions with bodies their own and independent produce sensation. To begin, it's also important to differentiate the usages of the terms feeling and sensation, which Cartesian philosopher's indiscriminate usage has resulted in many contradictory interpretations of his work. In Meditations, Descartes elaborates the interplay of these terms, stating from, quote, painful sensation there follows a sadness of mind, and from the pleasurable sensation there arises joy, end quote. From this usage, we can define sensation as the mental experience of the body interacting with another substance, and feeling to refer to the mental process of attributing judgment to this experience. Therefore, Harrison's comment that, quote, not all feelings are thoughts, only those which involve the mind's self-conscious apprehension, that is feeling, end quote, should be understood as feelings, meaning sensations, are experienced bodily whereas the internal mental process in which judgment is made based on these sensations is what we consider feeling. I believe that Descartes' position is clear, that there does exist a, quote, faculty within a substance different from me that intrudes these sensations upon the mind, end quote. And it is the innate ideas within the mind that attribute feeling. It is this attribution that differentiates humans from all else. Garber represents Descartes' argument as, quote, simply that sensory ideas cannot come from the motions that cause them, but must, at best, be innate ideas that are elicited by the motions communicated to the brain by the sense organs, end quote. Affirming the idea that feelings do not come from the mind only, but arise in presence of stimuli. Therefore, it is a misinterpretation to believe that pain exists in the mind only, independently of and without the body. This iteration comes into conflict, however, when considered within Descartes' other work, Optics, in which his position is slightly different to the one expressed in Meditations. We will discuss this later. Experiencing pain. Descartes' investigation into sensations was inspired by their intrusive nature. Descartes notes that, quote, these ideas, referring to sensation, presented themselves to me without my consent being requisite. It was not in my power not to perceive it when it was present, end quote. And it was this unbidden perception that affirmed for him the existence of a link between body and mind that is more inextricable than the piloting of a vessel, rather as part of a, quote, faculty within a substance different from me. End quote, that generates ideas and perceptions unbidden. Descartes iterates, quote, I have a body which is adversely affected when I feel pain. 
Nature teaches me, by these sensations of pain, hunger, thirst, etc., that I am not only lodged in my body as a pilot in a vessel, but that I am very closely united to it. End quote. The experience of pain, then, is a natural reaction to interactions between the body our soul is assimilated with and other bodies that are independent of us. These interaction-prompted responses, referred to as sensations, are programmed to elicit feelings that will protect the body from harm, feelings such as pain or joy. Descartes believes the process of converting the bodily-sourced sensations into purely mental feelings is proof of the human soul that which must be guided by God's given ideas towards natural behaviours. Recognising, quote, pleasure was accompanied those that were beneficial and pain those which were harmful, end quote. This process of associating judgment, or feelings, with the physical experiences of the body, sensation, is considered innate, meaning pre-programmed or inborn. Descartes explains that this movement amongst all the sensations causes mind to be affected by the one which is best fitted and most generally useful for the conservation of the human body when it is in health, end quote. And to assign the correct state of mind to the stimuli, we rely on those dispositions given to us by the perfect being, God. Descartes explains innate ideas as existing as predispositions within the mind, appearing in the presence of specific stimuli. In response to a disciple-turned-critic, Henricus Regis, Descartes gives an analogy that rather than being given feelings, we are, quote, born with a certain disposition of liability to contract them, end quote, like a baby is born into a family with disease. This demonstrates that the source of these feelings, while existing as possibilities within the mind, are not preordained behaviours, rather experienced with appropriate stimuli from this, quote, substance different from me, end quote. It is here that I would like to foreground the application of Descartes' discourse on pain to the experience of depression, as an expression of the dropsical mind. The dropsical mind and aberrant responses to innate ideology. Descartes acknowledges that the dropsical mind can, quote, augment its malady and do harm to itself, end quote, noting that it, Quote, does not follow the order of nature when it does harm to the conservation of health, end quote. It is interesting, then, to consider the concept of depression in terms of a sensational process operating in error, incorrectly assigning feelings due to these certain dispositions, written into the innate ideology of man. Descartes recognises that our senses can relay experiences in error, elaborating that, quote, for all these sensations by which he means those in error, are none other than certain confused modes of thought, which are produced by the union and apparent intermingling of mind and body, end quote. In the case of confused sensation due to the body-mind processing error, sensations are interpreted wrongly to produce incongruous feelings or judgments, as explained in meditations. This error could come in the form of misinterpreting a painful sensation as pleasurable, and result in mentally confused feelings. Alternatively, the sensation can be generated in error through mind-body processing as a result of association, the error arising from a predisposition towards a feeling that shapes the sensory experience, like trauma shaping a sensory experience into a painful one due to connected memories. Garber describes Descartes as a quasi-occasionalist who believes our existence is our own to perform imperfectly. This freedom from God's direct impetus is tempered by his prescription of innate ideas. 
but capacity for deviation from natural disposition allows for independently formed associations. The imperfect experience results in varied possible responses to sensation. In a letter to Mersenne, Descartes remarks upon the feelings associated with the sensory experience of listening to music, observing, quote, what inclines some people to dance may incline others to weep. This is purely because it stirs up ideas in our memory. Those who have enjoyed dancing to a certain tune feel a new wish to dance the moment they hear a similar one. And someone has never heard a gallad without some affliction befallen him will certainly be downcast when he hears it again. End quote. The experience within the mind, that place which only feeling can dwell, is defined through memory and association, playing upon varied innate ideologies within the individual. Descartes often discusses the process of sensation from the body to the mind to generate feelings, as, quote, I perceive these things much better through the senses by the medium of which, and by the memory, they seem to have reached my imagination, end quote. And it is within that place of imagination that they generate the variation of feeling. He recognises that which should bring pleasure to some may bring pain, and it is this revelation that brings me to a discussion of depression as an affliction entering this mind-body, body-mind interaction. Understanding rooted in sensation, that which shapes and is shaped. Optics gave us the following revelation, quote, We know for certain that it is the soul which has sensory perceptions and not the body, for when the soul is distracted by ecstasy or deep contemplation, we see that the whole body remains without sensation, even though it has various objects touching it." End quote. This comment contradicts some of Descartes' earlier suggestions in which feelings such as ecstasy and deep contemplation come from that substance independent of mind and unbidden, indicating rather that it is not by the agency of the soul it is perceived, but an independent substance. It is my judgment, however, that Descartes' description of dissociation from optics provides evidence for body-mind processing operating in reverse. I believe that Descartes would have conceived of depression and affliction of the mind as a processing error in which sensations of the body are polluted by the mind's dropsical affliction, promoting an aberration of God's innate ideas. Descartes recognises the possible confusion surrounding the attribution of sensation through learned patterns and meditations, although, again, with a sensory context. In a discussion of pain to the nerves, he claimed, quote, Even in the brain itself, the same movement which usually is produced when the foot is detrimentally affected, pain will be experienced as though it were in the foot, end quote, as this learned understanding of attribution takes precedence when interpreting experience. He concludes that, quote, the sense will naturally be deceived thus, end quote. However, in the case of mental anguish or depression, there is no physical sensation as the cause, rather the ailment is of the mind alone, supporting his observation within optics. I argue that the role reversal of the mind-body process, meditation's discussion of nerves, exists as precedence. The same innate ideas and pathways are fallen upon to comprehend the experience of feeling in the mind as are used to explain the sensation in the body. Therefore, Descartes' acknowledgement of this process, one that attributes sensation to cause based on previous understanding of experience, could operate in reverse with unsubstantiated feelings. Descartes asserts that all ideas are grounded in sensation, stating that, quote, 
I had no idea in my mind which had not formally come to me through the senses. I know not what painful sensation there follows a sadness of mind, and from the pleasurable sensation there arises joy. End quote. Therefore, a dropsical mind, operating in a manner guided in reverse, generates sensory experiences to validate the perceptions within its mind, as humans' experience is limited by that which we can learn through the senses. A mind in depression, out of necessity, must attribute itself pain, an internal heaving of the chest in grief, a twisting of the guts in fear, a closing of the throat in anxiety, an experience of the mind limited by the sensory experience we have our world defined by. As Descartes explains, quote, the brain is capable of causing but one sensation in the mind, end quote. The recontextualizing comes to refer to the idea that these confusions, which Descartes refers to as deceptions of the senses, are caused by our limited understanding of the world, one which, if admittedly to Descartes' displeasure, necessitates sensation as both experience and comprehension of interaction. This is not to say that any sensations generated by the mind rather than processed by it are any more or less real than those experienced in the natural progression as Descartes would agree that the mental experience of thought and sensation are perhaps the only reality one can experience. These limitations may result in inaccuracies, such as the closing of the throat in panic. Yet, Descartes believes, quote, it is much better that our mind should mislead on this occasion than if, on the other hand, it will always deceive us when the body is in good health, end quote. It is, therefore, necessary for feeling to be comprehended through these methods of which we are familiar, lest incomprehension leads us further away from the natural ideologies we are given. Descartes' meditations on pain are grounded in his truth that the mind is created separate from the body by one whose perfection is greater than his own, a figure which he calls God. The perception of pain occurs within the mind and is a God-given innate idea, used to encourage the free-willed creature that is man into a practice that promotes the longevity of its body without God's direct impetus. In understanding sensation, we rely on innate ideas to generate feelings, and in unsubstantiated feelings, we generate a sensation that we can comprehend. However, there is evidence aplenty that these can become confused, either through association, predisposition, or deceitful senses. This dropsical mind is evidence of Descartes' assertion that we are imperfect creations of God, but it is our freedom to interact imperfectly that asserts our independence from him. In the end, whilst it is only our mind which Descartes believes we can know, it is our senses alone with which we can understand the world, imperfectly or otherwise. Check the description box for a full list of citations. Descartes' Discourse on the Method acknowledges that philosophical works are best undertaken by one individual than constructed in addition to another, as, quote, the gradually accumulated opinions of many different individuals do not approach so near the truth, end quote. And so, in direct conflict with Descartes' wishes, I intend to build upon his understanding of sensory experience in order to theorize how we can understand both emotional pain and the phenomenon of depression beginning with Descartes' meditations on pain, interrogating a Cartesian discourse. Descartes' understanding of pain is grounded in the foundational concept that the mind, or soul, he uses these terms interchangeably, is an immortal substance constructed by the perfect being that is God. 
This mental substance exists independently of, but is inextricably linked to, the body, whose interactions with bodies their own and independent produce sensation. To begin, it's also important to differentiate the usages of the terms feeling and sensation, which Cartesian philosophers' indiscriminate usage has resulted in many contradictory interpretations of his work. In Meditations, Descartes elaborates the interplay of these terms, stating from, quote, painful sensation, there follows a sadness of mind, and from the pleasurable sensation, there arises joy, end quote. From this usage, we can define sensation as the mental experience of the body interacting with another substance, and feeling to refer to the mental process of attributing judgment to this experience. Therefore, Harrison's comment that, quote, not all feelings are thoughts, only those which involve the mind's self-conscious apprehension that is feeling, end quote, should be understood as feelings, meaning sensations, are experienced bodily whereas the internal mental process in which judgment is made based on these sensations is what we consider feeling. I believe that Descartes' position is clear, that there does exist a, quote, faculty within a substance different from me that intrudes these sensations upon the mind, end quote. And it is the innate ideas within the mind that attribute feeling. It is this attribution that differentiates humans from all else. Garber represents Descartes' argument as, quote, simply that sensory ideas cannot come from the motions that cause them, but must, at best, be innate ideas that are elicited by the motions communicated to the brain by the sense organs, end quote. Affirming the idea that feelings do not come from the mind only, but arise in presence of stimuli. Therefore, it is a misinterpretation to believe that pain exists in the mind only, independently of and without the body. This iteration comes into conflict, however, when considered within Descartes' other work, Optics, in which his position is slightly different to the one expressed in Meditations. We will discuss this later. Experiencing pain. Descartes' investigation into sensations was inspired by their intrusive nature. Descartes notes that, quote, these ideas, referring to sensation, presented themselves to me without my consent being requisite. It was not in my power not to perceive it when it was present, end quote. And it was this unbidden perception that affirmed for him the existence of a link between body and mind that is more inextricable than the piloting of a vessel, rather as part of a, quote, faculty within a substance different from me. End quote, that generates ideas and perceptions unbidden. Descartes iterates, quote, I have a body which is adversely affected when I feel pain. Nature teaches me, by these sensations of pain, hunger, thirst, etc., that I am not only lodged in my body as a pilot in a vessel, but that I am very closely united to it. End quote. The experience of pain, then, is a natural reaction to interactions between the body our soul is assimilated with and other bodies that are independent of us. These interaction-prompted responses, referred to as sensations, are programmed to elicit feelings that will protect the body from harm, feelings such as pain or joy. Descartes believes the process of converting the bodily-sourced sensations into purely mental feelings is proof of the human soul that which must be guided by God's given ideas towards natural behaviours. Recognising, quote, pleasure was accompanied those that were beneficial and pain those which were harmful, end quote. This process of associating judgment, 
or feelings with the physical experiences of the body, sensation, is considered innate, meaning pre-programmed or inborn. Descartes explains that this movement amongst all the sensations causes mind to be affected by the one which is best fitted and most generally useful for the conservation of the human body when it is in health, end quote. And to assign the correct state of mind to the stimuli, we rely on those dispositions given to us by the perfect being, God. Descartes explains innate ideas as existing as predispositions within the mind, appearing in the presence of specific stimuli. In response to a disciple-turned-critic, Henricus Regis, Descartes gives an analogy that rather than being given feelings, we are, quote, born with a certain disposition of liability to contract them, end quote like a baby is born into a family with disease. This demonstrates that the source of these feelings, while existing as possibilities within the mind, are not preordained behaviours, rather experienced with appropriate stimuli from this, quote, substance different from me, end quote. It is here that I would like to foreground the application of Descartes' discourse on pain to the experience of depression, as an expression of the dropsical mind. The Dropsical Mind and Aberrant Responses to Innate Ideology Descartes acknowledges that the dropsical mind can, quote, augment its malady and do harm to itself, end quote, noting that it, quote, does not follow the order of nature when it does harm to the conservation of health, end quote. It is interesting, then, to consider the concept of depression in terms of a sensational process operating in error, incorrectly assigning feelings due to these certain dispositions, written into the innate ideology of man. Descartes recognises that our senses can relay experiences in error, elaborating that, quote, for all these sensations, by which he means those in error, are none other than certain confused modes of thought, which are produced by the union and apparent intermingling of mind and body, end quote. In the case of confused sensation due to the body-mind processing error, Sensations are interpreted wrongly to produce incongruous feelings or judgments, as explained in meditations. This error could come in the form of misinterpreting a painful sensation as pleasurable and result in mentally confused feelings. Alternatively, the sensation can be generated in error through mind-body processing as a result of association, the error arising from a predisposition towards a feeling that shapes the sensory experience like trauma shaping a sensory experience into a painful one due to connected memories. Garber describes Descartes as a quasi-occasionalist who believes our existence is our own to perform imperfectly. This freedom from God's direct impetus is tempered by his prescription of innate ideas, but capacity for deviation from natural disposition allows for independently formed associations. The imperfect experience results in varied possible responses to sensation. In a letter to Mersenne, Descartes remarks upon the feelings associated with the sensory experience of listening to music, observing, quote, What inclines some people to dance may incline others to weep. This is purely because it stirs up ideas in our memory. Those who have enjoyed dancing to a certain tune feel a new wish to dance the moment they hear a similar one. And someone has never heard a gallad without some affliction befallen him will certainly be downcast when he hears it again. End quote. The experience within the mind, that place which only feeling can dwell, is defined through memory and association, playing upon varied innate ideologies within the individual. 
Descartes often discusses the process of sensation from the body to the mind to generate feelings, as, quote, I perceive these things much better through the senses by the medium of which, and by the memory, they seem to have reached my imagination, end quote. And it is within that place of imagination that they generate the variation of feeling. He recognises that which should bring pleasure to some may bring pain, and it is this revelation that brings me to a discussion of depression as an affliction entering this mind-body, body-mind interaction. Understanding rooted in sensation, that which shapes and is shaped. Optics gave us the following revelation, quote, We know for certain that it is the soul which has sensory perceptions and not the body, for when the soul is distracted by ecstasy or deep contemplation, we see that the whole body remains without sensation, even though it has various objects touching it. End quote. This comment contradicts some of Descartes' earlier suggestions in which feelings such as ecstasy and deep contemplation come from that substance independent of mind and unbidden, indicating rather that it is not by the agency of the soul it is perceived, but an independent substance. It is my judgment, however, that Descartes' description of dissociation from optics provides evidence for body-mind processing operating in reverse. I believe that Descartes would have conceived of depression, an affliction of the mind, as a processing error in which sensations of the body are polluted by the mind's dropsical affliction, promoting an aberration of God's innate ideas. Descartes recognises the possible confusion surrounding the attribution of sensation through learned patterns and meditations, although, again, with a sensory context. In a discussion of pain to the nerves, he claimed, quote, even in the brain itself, the same movement which usually is produced when the foot is detrimentally affected, pain will be experienced as though it were in the foot, end quote, as this learned understanding of attribution takes precedence when interpreting experience. He concludes that, quote, the sense will naturally be deceived thus, end quote. However, in the case of mental anguish or depression, there is no physical sensation as the cause, rather the ailment is of the mind alone, supporting his observation within optics. I argue that the role reversal of the mind-body process, meditation's discussion of nerves, exists as precedence. The same innate ideas and pathways are fallen upon to comprehend the experience of feeling in the mind as are used to explain the sensation in the body. Therefore, Descartes' acknowledgement of this process, one that attributes sensation to cause based on previous understanding of experience, could operate in reverse with unsubstantiated feelings. Descartes asserts that all ideas are grounded in sensation, stating that, quote, I had no idea in my mind which had not formally come to me through the senses. I know not what painful sensation there follows a sadness of mind, and from the pleasurable sensation there arises joy. End quote. Therefore, a dropsical mind, operating in a manner guided in reverse, generates sensory experiences to validate the perceptions within its mind, as humans' experience is limited by that which we can learn through the senses. A mind in depression, out of necessity, must attribute itself pain, an internal heaving of the chest in grief, a twisting of the guts in fear, a closing of the throat in anxiety, an experience of the mind limited by the sensory experience we have our world defined by. As Descartes explains, quote, the brain is capable of causing but one sensation in the mind, end quote. 
The recontextualizing comes to refer to the idea that these confusions, which Descartes refers to as deceptions of the senses, are caused by our limited understanding of the world. One which, if admittedly to Descartes' displeasure, necessitates sensation as both experience and comprehension of interaction. This is not to say that any sensations generated by the mind rather than processed by it are any more or less real than those experienced in the natural progression, as Descartes would agree that the mental experience of thought and sensation are perhaps the only reality one can experience. These limitations may result in inaccuracies, such as the closing of the throat in panic, yet Descartes believes, quote, it is much better that our mind should mislead on this occasion than if, on the other hand, it will always deceive us when the body is in good health. End quote. It is, therefore, necessary for feeling to be comprehended through these methods of which we are familiar, lest incomprehension leads us further away from the natural ideologies we are given. Descartes' meditations on pain are grounded in his truth that the mind is created separate from the body by one whose perfection is greater than his own a figure which he calls God. The perception of pain occurs within the mind and is a God-given innate idea, used to encourage the free-willed creature that is man into a practice that promotes the longevity of its body without God's direct impetus. In understanding sensation, we rely on innate ideas to generate feelings, and in unsubstantiated feelings, we generate a sensation that we can comprehend. However, there is evidence aplenty that these can become confused, either through association, predisposition, or deceitful senses. This dropsical mind is evidence of Descartes' assertion that we are imperfect creations of God, but it is our freedom to interact imperfectly that asserts our independence from him. In the end, whilst it is only our mind which Descartes believes we can know, it is our senses alone with which we can understand the world, imperfectly or otherwise.